All right, uh, this is Pastor Jung here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California, and uh, God's blessings to you this day as we continue on our journey through the Catechism. Uh, today we have such a great uh, study for you as we uh, dwell upon uh, the resurrection of our Lord and how the resurrection, uh, as it shapes us um, by what our Lord has done uh, by rising from the dead three days later after his death upon the cross, his crucifixion. So why is uh, the, the resurrection of Christ so comforting to us? Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for the conquering and triumphant gift you have given through your empty tomb. Bless us, O Lord, in your, in your death and resurrection, your redemption, as we continue to live in your comfort to life, forgiveness, and salvation. Bless us and keep us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So today, uh, the question is, uh, based on 2017 Catechism, question 181, actually not question 181, but actually page 181 of your Catechism 2017 version. Ah, I know it's in the 91 version as well. I don't have it here with me. Oops. But um, in, in uh, the 2017 version, page 181, question 169, and it says, what does the Bible teach about Jesus' resurrection and why is it so comforting to us? Now, again, uh, we, we always say Jesus died for our sins, but it doesn't end there, of course. The story of Christ is not simply uh, limited to his death, but also three days later, but also not only in his resurrection, but also in his uh, descending, um, uh, descending, um, uh, descending into hell to proclaim the victory over the captives, the victory over Satan. Uh, but also, uh, again, three days later, the resurrection, uh, and also the ascending to the right hand of God. We would call that the state, uh, beginning in the descending into hell, would be the state of exaltation. So we had the state of humiliation, and we also have the state of exaltation. And the Lord is exalted by, well, when you think exalted, you think victory. Right, and from his descending into hell, proclaiming victory over uh, the devil, uh, there he shows us his victory. Uh, three days later, the victory ascension is also uh, Jesus's victory, as we'll see how that shapes us, um, and of course, as we anticipate his final return. So, let's get at it again, Pastor Ernie Jung here. Thank you for joining me today, and you know, learning is fun especially about the Word of God, right? And that's why we do what we do here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. Please check us out. YouTube, faithmoorpark.com. It's all there. Plenty of material to digest, if you know what I mean. Anyways, okay, I'm being silly. Anyways, so why is the resurrection so comforting to us? First Corinthians, right here. 1517, if you have your Bible out, 1 Corinthians 1517, 1 Corinthians 1517, right there. It says, 
And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. So, the reason why I bring this up is because our faith is is contingent upon the death and resurrection of our Lord, right? Because if our Christ wasn't raised, our faith would be futile, which means foolish, and we would still be in our sins, right? You know, anyone can die on the cross. I mean, but does it, does it give the forgiveness of sins? And um, the answer is only Jesus can do such things, right? After all, back in the day, we know the greatest insurrectionists, those that were uh, uh, that cr- uh, that committed heinous crimes, uh, they would be put on this humiliating cross uh, for this is what was deserved for their punishment. But Jesus, of course, wasn't one who was. Uh, 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 he wasn't a criminal, but rather he was perfect. He was innocent. He was without sin. He was without guilt. But there on the cross, what did he do? He charged on himself our sin, that weight of sin. Um, and he died and, and he shed his blood for them. But not only did he shed his blood and says, to tell us it is finished. But three days later, just as he said, destroy this temple. And in three days, I will raise it up again. And people were saying, what in the book of John? What do you mean? This temple took 40 plus years to make. How are you going to say three days? And he is pointing to the resurrection, why it is so comforting to us. Because without the resurrection, we would still be in our sins. But what does, and thanks be to God, that there is the resurrection, right? Um, He is risen. He is not here. What great words that we hear from the empty tomb. And here we see the picture of why this is comforting to us. When we say, uh, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, alleluia, right? What does that really mean when we say those words? And here we see it, right? Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, alleluia, because he is the son of God, right? That's what it proves, that he is the son of God, Um. And as we look at that reality, if you look on page 182, it says, Christ's resurrection is the comforting testimony that he is the Son of God. Romans 1.4. He was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Right? Because he is the Son of God, as the resurrection proves, if God was simply man, right? many false teachers, many other world religions would say Jesus was simply a man, no man, only man, could, could, could die but also rise. It, it, this is only, uh, in a sense, what we know in the Bible there are, in the Old Testament, um, instances uh, of those, but I think the key point here is that when it comes to the sacrifice, it is the Son of God, well, that in his resurrection proves all that he had said throughout his ministry. Not only that these things would come to fruition, that is namely his death and resurrection, but it proves that he is 
the Son of God, that I and the Father are one, as it reads in the Gospel of John, right? And what, and what that further implicates is what, or implies, is that his word is true, that what he says, he actually gets done. And in that doing his word to us, what he delivers, there lies his, or there resides his promise, right? So it shows us that not only is his work done, but the fruits of that work, namely the forgiveness of our sins, life, and salvation is trustworthy and forever true, right? His resurrection proves that comfort to us, right? We live in a time of, uh, of great uh, unrest, of great wrestling um, as the world is groaning and crying out in their spiritual struggle. And this is our comfort in the midst of all of it. And that's why we as a church continue to proclaim the life-saving message of Christ, because it is only Christ, right? It is, this is our truest comfort. It is Christ alone. Okay, so as a son of God, his word is true. His word, uh, his truth, John 8, 32, I believe, sets us free. All because the resurrection Jesus does, and therefore we are comforted. We live in the resurrection. Oh, we should talk about Romans 6, sorry. My bad. But because of his resurrection, we are who we are and shaped because he is the son of God and delivers us these gifts of grace. Okay, why is the resurrection so comforting to us? Because Christ shows us by his resurrection that, again, when we talk about delivering the gifts, that he is the true sacrifice, right? Uh, if we followed it at Jesus, we would still be in our sins, 1 Corinthians 15, 17 reads. And Christ didn't raise from the dead. But because he raised from the dead, flip side, he turns everything upside down from what this dark world is, and he gives to us, as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, that he is the true sacrifice for your, namely, your sins, and therefore, he has given you the blessed assurance. Romans 5.10 reads, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God, how? By the death of his Son, much more than... Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. We have life in his name, right? Our life is in the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed because he is the true sacrifice to which the resurrection proves such things. And there, not only are we forgiven, not only do we have life, but as it reads in Romans 5.10, we are what? We are reconciled. How do you know? The resurrection, right? You're not saying, because I've done this, I've done this, I follow the law perfectly, and I, I've, I, morally I'm good, and I bring so many good things to God, and I've earned my way, I've ascended, I've climbed that ladder to salvation, and I've done enough, and I've weighed the scales, and I have more good than bad, and I, I know that I'm with God, and, and that is my assurance, and at the end of the day, that is not your peaceable conscience. You'll always be left in yourself with that terror, with that unrestful conscience. And there, as we rest upon the true sacrifice of our Lord, we have that peace because we're covered by his blood. The resurrection uh, in three days later proves 
His sacrifice is true, and there we know that we have that oneness, all by what God has done through Jesus Christ, as He reconciles us uh, by His very bloodshed for us on uh, or at Calvary. And, and this is why the resurrection is so important, because it stamps, right? It's that seal of assurance and approval. Boom, it is done, and you are a child of God, because Jesus rose on the third day, right? Okay. Uh, Next, why is the resurrection so comforting to us? Because the grave has been overcome. That the grave has been conquered and destroyed where eternal death and condemnation no longer has its eternal sting on you. Yes, do we all face this physical death? And the answer is yes. But, in that, in Jesus' death, He died the big death, and in his resurrection, he overcame that that death uh, by by giving you eternal life, writing your name in the book of life. John 14, 19, because I live, you shall also live. Because of the resurrection, you will also be resurrected. Because of my life, you also have life, all pinned, all rooted in the gift of the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life, John 11 says. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Eternal life. This is what shapes us. The fear of death squashed, right? Uh, As we face this life of mortality, as it has been magnified these last couple years, so easily does this world try to shape us. The devil try to discourage us as this time, this age that we live in, how easily we are molded by the flesh. But yet when we revert back to or retreat or reside in the promise of Christ and his resurrection, we are shaped that death has lost its sting. 1 Corinthians 15, 55 to 57, right? And of course... Sorry, my writing is so messy today. But this is who you are. You're shaped by this thing that has been plucked out, right? By the big death of Christ. And that proves through his resurrection, right? This is who you are. Your life is forever. Right now, eternal life is yours. Remember that. This is what is yours in a present possession. It is yours right now as it shapes you. All right. So, as we continue on today, why is the resurrection so important? Because from the fruits of the cross and the empty tomb, there we reside in holy baptism. Matthew 28, 19 to 20, the Great Commission, baptize, teach, lo, I will be with you until the end of the age. Galatians 3, 27, robed in the righteousness of Christ. Romans 6, what is it? Uh, uh, When we talk about being connected to the resurrection of Christ, uh, that we are connected to his death, buried with him, but also raised to the newness of life. This is all a reality and a tangible gift because of the resurrection that he has given to us. When he rose, the floodgates of his promises, there we see it in the 
deluge of this water and word that is outpoured to us by the power of God's word. And there we rest upon the promise of God that from the fruits of the cross and empty tomb, we live this victorious and triumphant baptismal life. Remember, when we talk about our faith being futile and still in sins, this is all, in a sense, without the resurrection of our Lord. But thanks be to God that his resurrection is comforting because it did happen. And this is the result. Your comfort even in your baptism. God has claimed you just like he claimed you in the gospel, in the cross and empty tomb. He also claims you in this gospel that is your holy baptism as he resuscitates, rescues, and connects you and claims you by his name. How do we know? Because from the fruits of the resurrection, we have the comfort that his word is efficacious, his word works, and his word has by his grace, covered you by his righteousness. All right. Last one. I know we're getting over time here. Almost 20 minutes. The Lord's Supper. Right? Why is the resurrection so comforting? Because in his resurrection, in his ascension, what does he do? With, you know, he, he, he assumes all power and he, well, can be wherever he promises to be. And that is in the Supper of our Lord. And that is for the forgiveness of your sins. Right? See, people will say, well, Jesus died for me. Jesus rose for me. So what's the big deal? Isn't that enough? And of course, you know, the gospel, the good news of Christ is, is sufficient. Your grace, you know, my grace is sufficient for you. Right? Uh, you know, in our, in our weakness there, we see his power. And again, you know, when we talk about the means of grace, these are, these are the gifts that Jesus institutes so that we have this means, the way to which we receive uh, from the fruits of the cross, this grace, uh, the tangible, concrete trust in the gifts that God gives and where he promises to be, and that is in the Lord's Supper for the forgiveness of our sin. This all is rooted in the resurrection, right? So when we say Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, this is what should be going on in your mind. When you are confessing that he suffered and he, and he died and he was buried and, and, and three days later he rose from the dead, this is what you should triumphantly proclaim Think and, 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 and meditating upon these very realities that are outpoured to you all by the resurrection of our Lord that now you live life in his name. This is what shapes you, Right? So when you, when you go through the catechism and you, and you confess the Apostles' Creed Sunday morning, or uh, and I highly recommend it for everyone to do this every day to recite the Apostles' Creed, that um, on the third day he rose again from the dead, right? Um, this, is, uh, this is what should be going on in your heart and mind. This is, when you say those words about his resurrection in the Apostles' Creed, words of comfort, Words of identity, words of 
deliverance, words of grace, words of gift, all the, 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 this floodgate of God's grace by his body and blood, uh, through his means of grace, the word and sacrament, this is what has been outpoured to you freely. And here you find your, at the end of the day, what? Your blessed assurance, your certainty, your seal, knowing full well that your name is written in the book of life and that all your sins are washed away because your faith is not futile, because Jesus indeed rose from the dead to give you life in his name, to reconcile you to God, to shape you by his very work. And that is so that you may be his own, adopted into his kingdom by his grace, not orphaned, but rather one with God. And there you are living as his children, as the blessed and redeemed ones, all by his resurrection. So remember this. Um, The resurrection, we don't follow a dead Jesus. We follow the risen Lord. And what that indicates to us is the good gifts, the assurance, the certainty. All right. Why don't we uh, conclude there this day? Uh, Let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for your word, that your word is true, that you are the Son of God who has set us free by your death and resurrection. Bless us, O Lord, in this one true faith as your faith continues to shape us that is of the cross, an empty tomb, and of the sacraments. Bless and keep us this day, O Lord, and guide us always in your grace-filled word. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, friends, thank you for joining me today. What a good study that was. And if you join me late, it's all good. This is YouTube. There's always click back and rewind. What a joy with technology that we have. So come digest, eat it up, rejoice in the resurrection because because of that, this is who you are right now as you're listening to it. You are a forgiven sinner, blessed and redeemed by what the Lord has done freely for you. Love you all, praying for you all. And until next time, remember... You are forgiven of all your sins. You are. All by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. Love you all, praying for you all. Until next time, God bless you. And may you go now in God's peace. Adios and goodbye. Thanks for listening to these Small Catechism Live devotions. We hope this helps you as you continue to grow and study the Bible. For more information about Faith Lutheran Church, visit us online at faithmorepark.com.